You're listening to How I Sell, a podcast built for early career sales professionals. You'll hear stories, best practices, and guidance from top sales leaders on what it takes to become a sales superstar. Today's episode is made possible by Ramped Careers. Ramped is on a mission to build the next generation of workforce-ready talent. Thanks everyone. Joining us today is Matt Grossbard. Matt is the Director of Sales at Electric.ai, Senior Leadership Roles at Single Platform and Livestream. Thank you, Matt, so much for joining us today. Yeah, appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Matt, I know you know we had the opportunity to catch up with you uh, a little bit before, but for those that don't know who you are, who is Matt Grossbard? Yeah, so I grew up in a, a small Irish Catholic town in, in Rockland County named Pearl River. And loved sports my whole life uh was especially drawn to basketball played basketball in high school for for four years uh had a great high school career and and was fortunate enough to go and play in college at a school named uh roger williams uh up in rhode island played there for four years uh learned a lot of uh incredible lessons have two incredible parents uh have a awesome younger sister Um, my sister's a nurse my dad was a police officer for 30 years so definitely from the a blue collar, uh, blue collar town, and uh, a blue collar family. I'm very proud of that for sure. Now I reside in uh, New York City uh, with my fiance and our, our dog Leo. That's amazing. Uh, I, I love the uh, I love the sports background. I think that you're you're understating your uh, your sports accomplishments uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I've I've done a little bit of digging, and uh, and it looks like you've uh, you've earned you know, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of honors at high, at high school and in college also. One of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to, uh, to hear is all those years you've played sports, how has that translated professionally for you? Yeah, f- for sure. I think for me, uh, I was never the, uh, the biggest or, or the fastest, right? I think what I had was this unwavering desire to be the best person in the gym, uh, at all times. And I, I knew in order to achieve that, uh, that I had to be in the gym more than everybody else, right? Because that, that wasn't a natural capabilities that I had, right? I, I didn't have a 40 inch vertical, couldn't, you know, you know, run past somebody. So, um, you know, I think that when I think about what sports taught me, first off, I think it taught me that I love to win, and I hate more than anything to lose. Uh, and you know, that's whether it's a game of pickup, whether it's a, a game in front of a packed gym, or, or whether it's who can tie their shoes faster, right? That, that never uh, mattered. I wanted to beat you or, or whoever else, right? Um, and I think that when I think about how that relates to sales and, and, and my professional life, right? That, that's what sales is, right? It's setting a goal and, and doing everything in your power for 30 days or for a quarter or for a year, right? To get to, to, get to that place. And um, you know, I think that's the main lesson uh, that, that I learned from sports was that you got to do what other people don't want to do to win uh, when, when it's not uh, God given. Right. Um, you know, I think the other thing is just like the work ethic piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I started my career in sales at, at single platform, uh, I was one of the last people in my training class to make a sale. I definitely struggled more than more than others. Uh, but I, I had this desire to to get there, and and I think hard work's a skill set. I think it's something that can absolutely be taught and learned over time. You know, and I think that when you combine somebody who hates to lose and loves to win and is willing to put in the hard work to get there, uh, you get really good athletes, but you also can get really really good you know sales professionals and and things like that. 
That's uh, that's incredible. Love the uh, competitive spirit there. And you know, I'm not sure whether you remember um, all of the all of the the, the great games that uh, that you'd been a part of. But if we could go back in time, 2011, 2012 season, your your, uh, your your game against the Coast Guard, 24 points. How did you feel going in? Did it involve the same level of preparation? Because it looks like you've kind of leveled up that game and did really well. Do you remember, you know, how you went in preparing for that game or any parts of the game? I'd, I'd love to kind of hear these stories. Really did your research, huh? That's a that's an archive <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that you prepare for every every game the same, right? You, you have your, your preseason, you have your hard practices, you have an easy practice, you have a walkthrough the, the, the day of. Um, I was somebody who would do walkthrough and then would want to stay and get like another 150, 200, you know, jump shots up, shoot some free throws, get some, get some training, go back, have someone to eat, come back to the gym, get another 50 or 100 shots up before, right? So um, my assistant coaches loved me, but they also hated me because I was, hey, I need you to come and come and rebound, right? Rebound and, and pass so I get my shots up. So, you know, ga- games like that, I, I think that when, uh, you know, it's a corny statement, but when like opportunity meets preparation, right? Some nights you're just going to have that. You're going to have those 30 point, you know, 28 point games. You're also going to have nights where you shoot three for 10, right? And, and <laughs> things don't go so well, but always was fun. Uh, when it felt like whenever you had the ball in your hands that you were going to score and, you know, the, the basket looks like a, you know, like an ocean, right? But yeah, those are great moments and great memories. And, you know, I, I think it's something that I was very fortunate to have a lot of nights like that in high school. I, I definitely have a couple in college as well. Uh, but those, you know, those are nice things that as you get a little bit older, uh, you know, you can think about those great memories. And, you know, as we get even older, you know, those are things that you have film of and you could show your kids one day and things like that. So definitely, that- definitely cool. That's amazing. Uh, you know, the, everything that you mentioned uh, about what has uh, made you uh, a, a, good, uh, a good basketball player, you mentioned a bunch of things, right? One is uh, just competitiveness, determination, working harder than everybody else, but also being pragmatic and knowing that there are some days, even if you do all of the things that you have to do, you may not see results for reasons that are beyond your control. And some days you just crush it. To me, all of those seem like the perfect attribute for attributes for someone that wants to pursue a career in, in sales, quite honestly, compared to most other professions. But did you know, graduating, you know, what, what looks like you, you were formally trained in marketing, did you have a clue? Did you kind of know that that's, that's where you'll end up? What yeah, were, that, was, that, that marketing degree is a little bit of a stretch, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I know a lot of people come on the podcast and say, when I was five years old, I was selling lemonade on the street corner. <laughs> like when I was in college, I was looking for, looking to make a buck. Right. And I got an internship with a, a iced tea and lemonade company uh, mm. in the area. And they gave me like a pack of iced tea and a leaky cooler. And I walked gas, gas, gas station, to gas station and door to door. And I mean, that's cold calling. Right. And basically tried to get these people to sell iced tea, buy iced tea and lemonade from me. Um, I'd have like my little Dixie cups. I'd give them a little taste, right? If they liked it, it's a, hey, how do we, how do we make a deal, right? I had no idea what I was doing, um, but I got called in one day and they said, hey, we want to send you out with so-and-so. You know, you're doing really well. Everybody else seems to be struggling a little bit. And they showed me like some crazy chart and I had sold like 300 cases and the next person had sold like two, right? <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? They're like, what are you doing differently? I was like, I don't really know. I figured out what happened is that everybody was their own boss for the most part. I got up at eight and I worked till six, everybody else kind of like went to a store and then like headed home for the day. Right. So 
uh, I don't think that I knew I was good at sales. I think I just knew that I worked hard and that was like a thing, right? I was sitting in my college house like my senior year, no idea of what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was very lucky to have people that were trying to point me in the right direction. You know, at that point, I think like most seniors in college, I was worried about like going out and having fun more than, more than anything else. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter. Uh, and a girl that I, I went to college with, who is still having a great sales career, her name's Nicole Papasergio, had a tweet that said like New York City dream job. And then I clicked on the link and it was talking about how if you're high energy and competitive and you like something about Nerf guns, right? And, uh, you know, uh, a great atmosphere. And it was for like a sales leadership role. And I remember texting her and be like, hey, this sounds fun. This sounds great. Like maybe this will be something I'm good at. She laughed at me and was like, you're definitely not a sales manager, but we can get you an interview for uh, like an AE role, right? Mm -hmm. That's how I got my job at Single Platform. I, I walked in the first day at Single Platform. Uh, I got there at, they started at nine. I got there at like 7 a.m. because I was taking the train in from Pearl River and I didn't know what I was doing. And I walked in and I remember uh, his name was Wiley Cirilli, but our CEO and founder, it was like all dark except like his office light was on in the back corner. Uh, and I walked in and I saw like hundreds of phones. I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing phone sales. That's the truth. I didn't even know it was phone sales. My, my cousin who I look up to a ton, uh, his name is Larry and, and Larry always worked in like pharma sales. And he was always telling me stories about going to games and dinners. And that's what I thought I was getting into. <laughs> uh, and I walked in the first day and they said, Hey, you're going to make 200 cold calls a day. And I said, Whoa. Um, but I fell in love with it real fast. And, and thank goodness. Uh, thank, thank goodness for, for good timing. When did it all click the whole, the whole calling on the phone system, right? I'm sure the first, you know, I, I was just curious about, about when the whole cold calling, cold calling success get to you? When did you know that you were built for it? I'm sure the first week must have sucked. Single Platform had this, this, and for those who don't know, Single Platform uh, was acquired by Constant Contact like two years after basically inception. Uh, they, you know, basically we gave restaurants, small businesses, their ability to put menus or their list of services on sites like a Yahoo, Yelp, right, TripAdvisor, and basically manage it all from, from one spot. It's an incredible service uh, and, and an incredible company with a lot of great people. I was chosen to like do a read aloud of like the script. And it was a hyper-transactional sale, like one call close. I did a good job on, on like the test reading, th thank goodness, because the next day I got chosen to go out and do like our, our certification and I bombed it. Uh, like my slides weren't matching up with my pitch. I like panicked. I inevitably ended up like hanging up the phone, walking back into the room being like, I don't know what happened. Uh, and they let me try it again. But even after that, you know, like objection handling, I struggled with. Um, and I think that what happened for me was that I, I bought into the idea. I drank Kool-Aid, right? I was like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do all these things. But for me, I, I had to remember, like, this is a job. I got to take this real serious. I got to take this as seriously as I took hoops, right? And I didn't get it really until like two months in. You know, I was very fortunate. I had great mentors who are some of my best friends now. Uh, guys like Chris Thompson, my, my first manager. Adam Liebman was the, the VP of sales, another, another one of my very good friends. A guy by the name of Matt, Matt Bress helped me with some training stuff. So I had these guys like dragging me along. Uh, until I figured it out. And, and so incredibly fortunate and lucky that, that I had them. But I would say that it clicked, you know, probably, you know, a month and a half, two months in, which I know sounds fast, but in that sale, it, that was slow, right? Uh, people were making a sale a day every day, 
you know, I was struggling to make one a week for, for you know, in the beginning and, and eventually just through like pure, if everybody made 200 calls, I made like 250. If everybody's talk time was at 200 minutes, I was at 300 because I realized I needed more swings at the plate to get the same number of hits. Uh, and eventually if you do something enough, you get better than everybody else faster. Uh, and you know, once it, once it clicked, then I started to, to pour a little bit of gasoline on the fire. I, I remember the old, uh, I think it was a marketing video that you had at single platform that was something <laughs> about the training program and maybe somebody making like a putt to, uh, to seal their training program, something like that. And how cool it was to look at the whole team rally around. Uh, all of the all of the salespeople there, and everybody was so excited. I remember watching that and being like, "Wow, this company's freaking awesome!" It was um, a lot of fun, man. We had we had a great time, and we worked so hard. Uh, but the culture that was built there taught me a lot about um, how to build a culture, for for lack of better yeah. term, and how to build the team, and how to keep people motivated and engaged, and how to get people to care. I think that's like a big part of sales leadership. You know, it was like, you got to get people who are bought in and, and give a shit. And if they don't, it's really hard to, to get them excited. And so, and, that, and that's awesome. So you took that, you took that learning, you know, the hustle, the determination, you crushing it on the phones, treating it like you did when you played basketball and you clearly did well with it and got promoted. How was it like getting promoted from IC to team lead and, you know, managing a team? Yeah. So at, at single platform, you know, everything's so fast there, right? It, it moves hyperspeed. Um, you know, I, I got promoted to a manager role, which was like the most coveted thing for an IC, right? Like, you know, when we think about sales today, you know, and, and something like electric, we have people that, hey, I'm, I'm an individual contributor. I want to be an IC forever. And, and that's completely normal. And they do an incredible job and they make a lot of money doing that. At single platform, it was like, that was the step, right? Where it was like, if you're not going to become an IC, like eventually you got to transition out of this like hyper transactional sale and, and go somewhere else if you're not going to get to a management role. So for me, I remember everybody wanted to be a manager. So it wasn't like you had two people who would apply, right? Everybody that was there for a year wanted to throw their hat in the ring. So for me, you know, it was about, you know, I did a bunch of stuff that put myself in a position to get there, whether it was helping out with new hires or training or whatever it was. But the transition from, hey, I just need to worry about myself and and what I need to do to get to my number to what my role was, was doing all of the hiring, uh, doing all of the training, and then managing people in their first three months what was what my first job was as a manager. Uh, yeah, man, it's a little different right? And you're dealing with personalities and human beings, you learn a lot fast. Uh, that, that is for sure in that role. You know, I think that people sometimes struggle with the ability to manage people that they sat next to a day before. Now all of a sudden I'm in charge, in charge of your number, right? And I want you to do things a certain way. You know, one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that management's not cookie cutter. You can't talk to everybody the same way. You can't treat everybody the same way. And if you're going to go in with that mentality, you're probably going to fail or you're going to not give the best version of yourself to every individual on your team. Uh, and that's kind of the approach that I took. But again, I'm 23 three at the time. I'm, I'm running a basically half of the sales floor with 20, 30 SDRs um, at a time flowing in and out. And I was so fortunate to have incredible people around me to, to tell me when I messed up, to tell me when things were going well. 
Uh, and, you know, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I, I would have been able to, to get that done. What, uh, and, and that's awesome. And it's, it's important to know, you know, that that is a tough transition. So it's one I made myself uh, back in the day, a group on, you know, getting promoted into management at, at 24 and now managing at the time I was managing 50 year olds uh, who are outside sales reps. And I'm thinking like, Oh my God, what's, what's happening here. So I, I can, I can empathize with that. It's, it's wild. Um, what were some of the specific challenges you faced as an early manager and how, how did you, you know, how did you overcome those? Yeah, I, I think it's um, for, for me being someone who is like fully bought in, right. And like guzzle the Kool-Aid, right. And, and, and work really hard and try to get people excited. You know, listen, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge sometimes that, and I struggled with this at first that like, not everybody was, not everybody's like that. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to be successful it might, you might go this way, they might go that way, you guys are going to end up in, in the same place. So I think that that idea of like, hey, management's not cookie cutter uh, came from me messing up, you know, and, and from me trying to get everybody to do it the way that I wanted them to do it versus hearing them out, understanding them and say, hey, this is the process we're going to run, right? This is the play we're going to run for sure. No, no questions asked, but like, it's okay if you don't want to stand up and clap after you create a meeting right and 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 if you want to do a backflip after a meeting go for it man right like just letting people be themselves and 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 crafting your management style to make sure that you're again you're helping them win because that's what it's about right And, and i think that for for young salespeople who are thinking about getting into management like understand you'll probably make more money as an individual contributor uh and you're probably going to have to work harder as a manager. Uh, but the feeling for me of, of helping somebody get to their number and um, smiling, like just talking about it, like getting somebody to get to a place that they didn't think they could get to, like, that's really cool. You know? And, and when I look back at like people who I trained at SP, you know, for, you know, God, five years, six years later, I'm at electric now. And, doing something totally different, but I can see somebody that I trained as an SDR who's now a sales manager at company A or B, that, that's cool, you know? And, and uh, I am somebody who always, always liked to be in a position of, of leadership, right? When I played baseball as a little kid, I always wanted to be the pitcher uh, because like that was the guy, you know? I stunk, stunk, but I wanted to be the guy. Um, you know, in basketball, I always, somehow some way related like the point guard has the ball in his hands the most so i always wanted i was a point guard right and you know for whatever it is i like that hey i'm gonna make a decision here i'm gonna make a call and we're gonna we're gonna go from there but uh yeah it is you learn a lot fast for sure it it truly sounds like the formative years of your sales career were spent at amongst the best possible places with the most supportive team Uh, i think that's really really lucky uh, and fortunate and, you know, single platform obviously had such great success and you're around such great people. What were some of the takeaways for our audience? Uh, some of the key takeaways that you learned there that you brought with you for the rest of your career? Yeah. So we actually on a, a blackboard had, had a bunch of like values written down. One of the things that we always used to say is that like, we understand that this job is hard. Uh, we also understand that success is a choice and we're going to choose success every day. Um, you know, something like that. It's just your mindset that, that you go into the workplace with every day. Um, you know, accountability, holding each other accountable. Um, I'm okay with one of my reps today challenging me and asking me something. Uh, 
because if they don't think that I'm giving them 150%, how on earth am I supposed to ask them to give me 150%? That's not fair. You know, and I, I think things like that, I think from a more like strategic standpoint, you know, right, you, you learn about things like the importance of prospecting and cold calling and effort, you know, at, at a company like that. Um, single platform was a place that if you were willing to work harder than everybody else, you, you could be more successful. Right. And, and there was a couple of unicorns in there that would be just incredible anywhere. You know, you, you learn a lot about, I learned a lot about culture uh, and like what makes up a good team. Uh, I learned a lot about hiring uh, who's a good person to, to join the team. And, and maybe just because they're somebody who's absolutely hit 155% of their number everywhere they've ever gone, doesn't mean they're the right fit, right? The movie miracle, right? I don't, I'm not looking for the best team. I'm looking for the right team. Uh, and I think that all that matters, man. We want to put together a team at Electric. And, and what we've done at Electric is, you know, a, a lot of that, especially early on, was, was kind of the lessons I learned at SP. Um, you know, in that, that first year at Electric, uh, you know, I joined the company when there's like 10 people. There's a lot of figuring it out. Uh, and I know for sure, uh, without a doubt in my mind, that single platform was like a massive, massive, massive reason why we were able to, to be successful in that first year. And I was, be, I was able to handle, you know, what, what was being thrown at me. Uh, I learned basically almost everything that I know about sales and, and communication and cold calling. You know, a lot of that came from SP for sure. It's really great, really great insights. And I know now, you know, electric is growing so fast. Uh, it appears they're, you know, on fire. What was it like, you know, leaving single platform, transitioning out and going to a new startup, a new company after this wild success? Yeah. So at single platform, I left single platform because I just felt like I eventually moved up from a manager to what they call a senior manager. I was running, I was, you had a bunch of managers reporting to me running around, around half the sales floor at the time. Um, I just felt like I learned what I needed to learn there. You know, four years, there's a long time. Um, and I wanted to go and, and try something different. So when I left and I took the role at Livestream, uh, that was a very humbling, uh, very big wake-up call for me. When you leave something like single platform and you have it all figured out for the most part, you think you might know more than you do. I thought I knew, I thought I, I knew way more than I did when I walked in the doors at Livestream. I knew a lot about single platform. I did not know a lot about a more consultative, uh, a more solutions-based, longer, higher AC, longer sales cycle, higher ACV sale. Um, so when I did transition into live stream, I had to learn a lot fast. And, you know, Sam brought me on based on my experience of, of building out an SDR program. And, you know, I ran uh, inbound SDR team at live stream and some SMB stuff. And, and we took a lot of what was going on a single platform and, and figured out where to place it in, into the sale, right? But I thought there was one way to sell when I took that role at Livestream. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, this isn't gonna work here. We gotta like figure something else out. Um, so my stop at Live, great, you know, a guy named Dan Brown, who, who is awesome guy. Um, Sam Jacobs obviously learned, learned a ton from, but like I got, you know, beers with, with Dan, like a uh, year after uh, live stream. And I thought, I was like, if I didn't stop at live stream on the way to electric, I would have failed at electric. No doubt. As much as single platform helped me be really successful there, I would have failed if I didn't make the stop at live stream because it taught me 
all of these other things. And it, I, I got to learn what I thought worked and what I thought failed. Um, single platform was read the script, man. And we're going to figure out how to get you to where you need to go. Dynamic thinking, discovery calls, qualification, MQLs, SQLs. This is all brand new. And I mean, that was a massive, massive lucky stop for me along the way. And, you know, I, I am very grateful for my time uh, at, at Livestream for sure because of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think even even in the ones that don't go, you know, as well, you're still learning and you're still hustling. And what I've gotten from your career has just been pursue it with 100, 150, 200% and, you know, let the rest work itself out, which, which is great. Um, something that we can all learn, especially in our audience. You take that experience, you jump now to electric. Uh, how are you installing some of the principles that you've learned through your career and what kind of team are you building? Yeah. So uh, electric has, I, I like to say that we're in like phase three of our, our sales organization at, at electric, right? When, when I first met Ryan and he, and he brought me on, I was, you know, the first sales hire, they had made a couple sales. We had a VP doing some stuff and Ryan was doing stuff, but my job was come in and build out a team, you know, and, and for the first year and a half, you know, that, that's what I was responsible for. So all, all of the hiring, all of the training, writing the script, making the deck, figuring out who to sell to. And I had never done it before. Uh, that's what I wanted to do, you know, and uh, Ryan will kill me if he hears this, but like, I didn't care what electric did. I, I wanted somebody to give me the keys to the car and say like, drive real fast. Um, and, you know, I think that when I shared that vision with Ryan, if I want to build a team, I want to do this, I want to do that. That was exciting to him. It was exciting to me and, and, it, and it clicked. But when we talk about what we're building at electric now, right? The processes, the script, the way that we did lead generation, the way we did sales ops, the way we did Salesforce, the way we did everything in that first year has absolutely been twist, turn, put through the ringer, and we're like a much, much better version of ourselves now. Um, we hired a VP of sales, right, a year and a half ago who I started to report to. Um, it was the best thing we ever did, right? Because again, sometimes I think we all, at least myself, like, hey, look at all this new stuff that you don't know. Right. And, and being willing and able to be like, wow, this guy is great. And he's better than I am at a lot of stuff. And I'm sure I can teach, you know, DW a bunch of stuff about what we currently do and what works and what we need to get better. But man, oh man, this guy's been, he's done it before. Right. Like he is who I want to go and be in, in, you know, a couple of years. So um, when we brought David on, we totally elevated everything. Right. Um, you know, we still cold call a lot. And that's single platform, right? Uh, make 200 cold calls a day, create 10 meetings, right? You know, our SDRs are making 80 to 100 cold calls a day. Our, our AEs make 40, 50 cold calls a day, right? And wow. we're not afraid to do that because we know that cold calling is alive and well and it creates revenue. So yeah, it might suck a little bit. Uh, but if you make that one cold call and you get a COO on the phone and there are a hundred people and they just happen to be looking for IT, guess what? It's worth it. Right? So, you know, Ryan, then he, our CEO and founder tweeted something you know, the other day about like how many cold calls we made in like year one or some like insane number. You know what? That's what we had to do. And that's okay. You know, I think that's a lot of sing the single platform piece of, of what we've 
built here. You know, and then I think like the live stream piece is like really good discovery and making sure that we're selling to the right people and understanding sales processes and the importance of selling to buyers versus selling to the pizzeria down the street who, who I know that I'm really good at sales and, and it's $90. So who cares? He'll, he'll do it. Right. Um, you know, I, I definitely have taken bits and pieces of, of, of both and, and, you know, created what we help, help create what we have now. But again, like it's not a me thing, it's an us thing. And the first year of electric, electric, it was a lot of what I thought, you know, and then it became, Hey, what do we think? You know, and then David came on and was, Hey, collectively the village keeps growing. Right. And, and when the village gets bigger and bigger and bigger, um, you're not less important. There's just other people. That, that are really good at specific things. And, you know, we've twist and turned a, a ton on, on process. We're adding a bunch of new process currently, right? And, and it's going great. It's helping our team get better. So if, if we, we, our playbook is a living, breathing document, right? I think in sales in general, whether it's prospecting, whether it's the way that you're presenting your service, you're letting that thing sit and, and get stale. Something's wrong. Right. We got to constantly be reiterating and, and making things better and improving. It's very impressive across the board. I'm very impressed for, for one that you're making that volume of cold calls during the pandemic too. I have, I have seen teams kind of shy away from that. Frankly, that yeah, I, I'm not sure that's on trend. I think that's off trend, which is great that it's working. I'm, by us. I'm glad hope that's, that's, else, that's awesome. Hope everybody else stops cold calling. We'll, we'll, we'll crank it up. <laughs> that's great. So a couple more questions here. Uh, so, so you have this kind of crescendo of your career uh, now, now at Electric. You've taken pieces from, uh, from SP, from, from your work at Livestream and, and, you know, bringing it all together now here at Electric. What, what's your take on sales and, and do you have a sales philosophy? I, I think that if you asked me this like four, four or five years ago, I would have said like, absolutely. I think that what I've learned is that it, it, every sale is a little bit different, right? And, and that you have to be, my philosophy on sales is that you should have a process and you should have a playbook and you should follow that playbook to the best of your ability. But what you have to understand is that on the road from point A to point B, and we want to get there, right? There's a, there's a lot of this and really, really good salespeople know how to continue to move down that, that straight line while at the same time dealing with the things that are going to knock you off the straight line, the objections, the questions, the non-DMs, you know, the contract negotiations, all of those types of things. So while I don't necessarily feel like I have like a, this is how it needs to work, uh, and, and I think it's a good thing that I don't have that anymore because I think that I'm constantly learning so much, so many new things that if you're stubborn and set in your ways, it's, it's not going to be effective. So I think that like my non-negotiables are that we have to have a team who works hard. We have to have a team who's willing to prospect, uh, with multiple avenues, whether that's phone calls, email, LinkedIn, social media. Uh, I think marketing is incredibly important, right. To, to bring in buyers. Um, I think that we want to make sure that we're selling to people who are buyers, right? From a time management perspective and, and from bringing on the right customers. We want to ask great questions. Uh, we want to gather a ton of information. Uh, we always want to be the expert, right? By being sharp and enthusiastic and the figure of authority on the call. You know, I think those are the things that we preach on a daily basis to our team. Uh, is everybody going to do every one of those every day? Of course not. Right. But I think that if you do, if you do as many as you can, or at least they're front of your mind, um, you know, we feel that we'll have a positive outcome eventually. So last one for you, uh, knowing what you know now 
about yourself. What would you go back, if you could go back in time, uh, having the benefit of hindsight, what would you go back and tell, you know, young Matt, fresh off the 24-point the performance, what advice would you give yourself about sales, about your professional career, anything? Run really fast, but be patient. Uh, run really fast, but be patient. I think that the, the things that have made me successful, I don't consider myself a successful person yet. I think I have a long way to go till I, I can give myself that, that breath of relaxation. Um, what's worked for me so far is that I, I push the agenda and I, I run through walls and uh, I try to get everybody you know, to, to come with me on, on that journey. I think what I could have done better early on was realize that like, you're not going to snap your fingers and be this, uh, the future version of yourself, right? Jordan Belfort, who everybody's seen Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street, obviously has had his ups and downs for sure, but he does have an incredible training seminar uh, when you take it for what it is and it's used the right way. But he talks about this idea of um, being goal-oriented versus having a vision. And if you're goal-oriented, that's great, right? You're going to go, you're going to hit that goal, and you're going to start over and go hit the goal and start over. Your goal should be a stairway to like this greater vision of, of what you have, what, what you want to be, you know, work, personal, all, all these types of things. So, you know, I, I think that young, young Matt in a sales career was like, I'm going to get to step six as fast as I possibly can. Um, and I think that when I tried to do that, I missed stuff and I didn't learn stuff and I wasn't open to new things because I had this idea of like, this is the fastest way to get there. So uh, I would never stop running as fast as I possibly can. Uh, but I think I'm way more willing now to stop and, and shut up and listen. Uh, and, you know, cause there's a lot of people out there who are way better than I am or they're way better at specific things than I am. And, and, you know, this version of me is not going to get me to where I want to go. So I know I got to keep getting better and, and learning and growing. Advice that can be used over and over and over again as folks enter the workforce and take it with them for their careers. Uh, Matt, this has been a pleasure. Uh, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. I know our audience is going to learn a ton from you. And some may reach out to you just because they know you're passionate and know that you're such an awesome sales leader uh, and, and would probably love to pick your brain. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's, it's been a, a true pleasure having you on the pod. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it.